found on page six of your bulletins. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me, some, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the breast robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Buenos días. La lectura esta mañana viene de Lucas, capítulo 15. Muchos recaudadores de impuestos y pecadores se acercaban a Jesús para oírle, de modo que los fariseos y los maestros de la ley se pusieron a murmurar. Este hombre recibe a los pecadores y come con ellos. Él entonces les contó esta parábola. Un hombre tenía dos hijos. El menor de ellos le dijo a su padre, Papá, dame lo que me toca de la herencia. Así que el padre repartió sus bienes entre los dos. Poco después, el hijo menor juntó, a, juntó todo lo que tenía y se fue a un país lejano. Ahí vivió desenfrenadamente y derrochó su herencia. Cuando ya lo había gastado todo, sobrevino 
una gran escasez en la región y él comenzó a pasar necesidad. Así que fue y consiguió empleo con un ciudadano de aquel país, quien lo mandó a sus campos a cuidar cerdos. Tanta hambre tenía que hubiera querido llenarse el estómago con la comida que daban a los cerdos, pero aún así nadie le daba nada. Por fin recapacitó y se dijo, ¿cuántos jornaleros de mi padre tienen comida de sobra y yo aquí me muero de hambre? Tengo que volver a mi padre y decirle, papá, he pecado contra el cielo y contra ti. Ya no merezco que se me llame tu hijo. Trátame como si fuera uno de tus jornaleros. Así que emprendió el viaje y se fue a su padre. Todavía estaba lejos cuando su padre lo vio y se compadeció de él. Salió corriendo a su encuentro, lo abrazó y lo besó. El joven le dijo, papá, he pecado contra el cielo y contra ti. Ya no merezco que se me llame tu hijo. Pero el padre ordenó a sus siervos, pronto traigan la mejor ropa para vestirlo. Pónganle también un anillo en el dedo y sandalias en los pies. Traigan el ternero más gordo y mátenlo para celebrar un banquete. Porque este hijo mío estaba muerto, pero ahora ha vuelto a la vida. Se había perdido, pero ya lo hemos encontrado. Así que empezaron a hacer fiestas. Mientras tanto, el hijo mayor estaba en el campo. Al volver, cuando, cuando se acercó a la casa, oyó la música del baile. Entonces, <coughs> llamó a uno de sus siervos y le preguntó, ¿qué pasaba? Ha llegado tu hermano, le respondió. Y tu papá ha matado el ternero más gordo porque ha recobrado a su hijo sano y salvo. Indignado, el hermano mayor se negó a entrar. Así que su padre salió a suplicarle que lo hiciera. Pero él le contestó, fíjate cuántos años te he servido sin desobedecer jamás tus órdenes. Y ni un cabrito me has, da me has dado para celebrar una fiesta con mis amigos. Pero ahora llega ese hijo tuyo que ha despilfarrado tu fortuna con prostitutas y tú mandas matar en su honor el ternero más gordo. Hijo mío, le dijo su padre, tú siempre estás conmigo y todo lo que tengo es tuyo. Pero teníamos que hacer fiesta y alegrarnos porque este hermano tuyo estaba muerto, pero ahora ha vuelto a la vida. Se había perdido, pero ya lo hemos encontrado. Thank you, Chris and Oscar. And uh, if you're new to our community, I am sick. Uh, this is not my usual thing uh, with my voice, uh, putting on my Demi Moore or something like that. Uh, you know, a reference to the 90s there. Uh, but please pray for me. We'll see if uh, my voice can hold up. Uh, it being the beginning of the school year, which is often the beginning of a lot of things this time of year, a great time for us to sort of kick off our ministry year the relaunch of our programs, the gathering of new folks, of neighbors, of friends, of course, uh, those of you that have friends and neighbors who might be looking for a Christian community, a church to try out, maybe for the first time or to check out. It's a great time to bring them on, especially because over the next several weeks, we're going to be going over the vision of our church. What is Grace Meridian Hill all about? So whether if you are brand new and you have no idea what the answer to that question is, or if you have been coming to know what the answer to, to that question is, but it would be good to get a good refresher together as a community, this is a great time for us to marinate in that over the next several weeks. What is the vision of our church, especially as we invite you to plug in, to be a part of this adventure? So mission statement, mission statement. What is our mission? Our mission. It's a church 
is to build a gospel community that is spiritually diverse, cross-cultural, and neighbor-loving for the good of our neighbors and the glory of Jesus Christ in Columbia Heights, Mount Pleasant, Adams Morgan, and beyond. It's a short statement that has a lot of different phrases that we'll try to unpack over the coming weeks. But for today, we're just going to sit on this one idea of what it means to be a community that holds central, that holds foundational, the gospel of grace, the heart of the Christian faith. To understand that just a little bit better, we're going to use this well-known parable from Luke 15. Let me pause and say a word of prayer. Jesus, we're asking that this story would come alive even in the way that Perhaps our Savior Jesus, when he first shared it, the way in which we know it would have pierced hearts, even changed lives. So we pray that you would do that now by the power of your spirit. That every person, wherever they're at, and whatever their various needs are, that you would uniquely speak to us. We are listening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Two sons, one father, one story. This is a story about a younger son. A son who says to his father, I want my share of the family estate. Might not sound like hate, but there's only one date you get your inheritance. That's the day that dad's dead. He calls it payday. He wants that day to be today. Sorry, pops, I couldn't be burying you soon enough. And we say, oh, man, what a horrible guy. But look, Jesus said all this and looked me right in the eye. Isn't this just the way that we treat God? Wanting all of his blessings, but no real relationship. Thanks for giving me life, but now please get out of my life. I'm in charge. Step back. Just move over there. Don't you dare tell me what to do. It's the heart of sin, you know. It's the worst form of ingratitude. It's the cancer of our attitude. Let's get real, folks. Deep down in our screwed up hearts, we want God dead. Younger son leaves town. I think I saw a smile, no frown, no words, just the sound of a father's heart breaking. The kid, he's his own boss now. This is the dream. Bright lights, big city. It's good to be king. Spends everything he's got, squanders his wealth in wild living. Now a famine, are you kidding? Guess what? He's broke and humiliated, alone and desperate and hungry, bellies aching. Man, that hog slop can't possibly taste as bad as it looks now, can it? What am I thinking? 
comes to his senses. He sees life with new lenses like a spell was finally broken at last. Too many of us still clinging to our pride. Don't you see, friends, the way up starts with the way down. Hitting rock bottom, it's called repentance, is the way to the crown. I'm going home. I'm going home. Come home. Your father offers a full fridge and a feast, my friends. But take a look at your digs. You're sleeping in mud. You're eating with pigs. Younger son starts the long journey home. Plenty of time to change his mind. Plenty of time to rehearse his lines. Father, I've sinned against heaven. Father, I've sinned against you, against you. I admit, I confess, I wanted no father, so don't bother to treat me like a son. I could barely see the house when I noticed a person person sprint off the front porch now coming towards me and I'm, I'm squinting could it be I, I'm told he's been waiting been watching the road every day since the day I first left the neighbors advised him if he ever comes back uh, that insolent boy you wait in your den don't you dare let him in, make him grovel, make him squirm, then kick him back out. But check out my dad. Cloud of dust kicked up. He's running so fast. I think those are tears, it appears, that he's laughing with uncontainable joy. My boy, I hear him shouting. He was dead, he's alive. Rapturously undignified, he throws his arms around me with a hundred more than just one kiss. How can it be that I could be loved like this hands me his credit card, his keys, his name. That's the whole thing with the robe and sandals and ring. He's reinstating me as his heir. And he declares, this is my son. This is my son. You are my son. Do you know a God like this? A God who waits and watches and runs, full of heartfelt compassion, delights to forgive a sinner like me again and again and again. 
No mistake too big, no flaw too deep, no habit too long. His grace is greater than all our sins. Not waiting for you to grovel, just marvel at the God who throws a party when you return. You know it's not what we deserve when we've got the nerve to sin so selfishly, to live so thanklessly, yet he loves you so shamelessly. Never embarrassed, he's public and proud to call you his child. Because he's the one who slaughters the fattened calf, no more than that, who slaughters his own son to bring us home. Jesus, the true son who was eternally alive, but then dead on the cross that we who were dead might live. Who was eternally at home, but gave up his father, lost his estate so that we who were lost might be found. Are you found? Younger sons, please. Come home. I'm sure you almost forgot, but really we ought to remember that there were two sons. This is a story about the older son, too. Where's he been? Out working in the family field. Where else would he be? This is Mr. Responsibility always working hard to do the right thing, the good thing, the older brother thing. You know, in many a religious tradition, it'd be your mission to be just like this older son. He's the hero. No, 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 don't go off like that terrible prodigal full of vice. Instead, just be nice. Stay home. Dress in tweed, don't smoke weed. Shave clean cut, don't grow stubble. Stay out of trouble. But here's the point. You can be good and still be lost. Yes, living under the family roof, but look at him, so aloof, a total stranger to his father's heart. He hears his Brothers come home, and now he's all alone outside, refusing to go in. No ability to celebrate. Can only create a long list of complaints. All those wasted years following dad's orders, good behaving, slaving. What was it all for? What was it all for? Do you know? See, suddenly the stories become a tragedy, and maybe yours and my biography. You've been trying so hard just not to be bad, not realizing you're mad. Always feeling like God owes you more, feeling superior, seeing those younger brothers as inferior. 
but so blind to your corroded interior, dear friends, have we been self-righteous and sullen, living in slavery to religiosity and self-pity and calling that Christianity? Living like the older son, not realizing he's just as lost as the younger one. Here's good news. He's just as loved, too. You can run from God by being bad. You can run from God by being good. By keeping the rules, by keeping control of your life, you're in charge, wanting all of God's blessings. Where's my goat but no real relationship? Thanks for giving me life, but now please get out of my life. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Could it be the gospel's more than morality? Is this for you a fresh vision of Christianity? The father goes out. Did you hear that? He goes out. Tenderly pleading. Carefully leading, running again to bring another lost son home. You are my son. You are my son. You are my son. And suddenly the story's done. Was the older son won over by the father's love? We don't know why, because it's up to you and me. We finish the story. Dear older sons, won't you come home? See, Jesus gives us here a vision of grace. A church, a place that's becoming safe to be true, the real, authentic you, free to be even your sinful self, younger sons and older sons coming together that God might do some life-saving soul surgery. We all need help to grow into glory. It's a story not of dead religious community, we're talking about gospel family. Where we experience the power of forgiveness, where we're freed from addictions, where we're healed from our wounds, raised up from old tombs of fear and self. A church that's not here just for spiritual survival, but neighborhood revival. Where every day, graced people would say, I was lost, but I'm found. I was dead, but I'm alive. Because Jesus died for me. Could it be Jesus died for me? This is a story about two sons. This is a story about a father. This is a story about God and you. 
Let's pray. So we pray that this story would fill our souls and shape us from deep within, extending all the way out to our fingertips and our toes and the ways we live our lives, dear Lord, that every part of us would be transformed by this good news of Jesus, dead, raised again, offered to us as a gift of grace. Please make us likewise a community saturated, defined by, propelled by this amazing grace. We pray in the name of Jesus, the true son, our true elder brother. Amen.